When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome in here to another edition of Long Tossin' on this Sunday, the 23rd day of July. We're here at Lone Depot Park looking to break a losing streak. Steven Strom, Kyle Seeloff, great to have you with us. We're hoping when you listen to this on Monday morning, the Marlins uh, would have won Game 3 of this uh, series finale with the Colorado Rockies and feel good on this off day. Mr. Kyle Seeloff, great to see you today. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm just... Uh Ready to get a win. It's been a, a, a troublesome start here to the second half, but hopefully the boys can, uh, can get it together a little bit and get back into the win column. I really do think they're in an okay place still. I, I know, you know, they were 14 over, and I know it's evaporated quickly, but they're still six games over, right? Like there's, yep. you, I know it's not going well, but, it, you know, a couple of wins changed the whole narrative here, and you kind of get back, you know, into a position where you feel good, and um, I guess that's the long way of telling you I'm doing okay this morning. Good. I, I want to piggyback on what you said because we're going to keep this thing real. It has been tough this last week, right? It has been a struggle for everyone uh, on that field, in that clubhouse, up in this booth. I mean, we are just as much uh, invested into this team. We are obviously upset as what happened in this second half so far. But I want to start off by saying this to every fan that ends up listening to this. The NL East, Kyle Seeloff, mm-hmm. was not going to happen. I mean, it just wasn't. It, would, it didn't matter who was in that division. The you Braves, mean winning it, correct? Correct. Yeah. No one's going to win that NL least other than the Atlanta Braves. So my perspective is this on a Sunday morning is, look, the Marlins are going to battle here with the wild card position. That's what this team has battled in all along. They've yep. controlled it for the most part. But the bottom line is that you're going to go through these stretches. Yep. It doesn't change. Like I, I, We get tweets about the Atlanta Braves. Oh, the Braves have dropped this many games. Oh, this is our chance. No, no. The, 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 the realistic way to get into the postseason was the wild card and it is the wild card and it's not gone you know what I'm saying again it feels bigger than it is as they've lost eight in a row yep but they sit a game back not even there they sit a game uh, a percentage point behind the Philadelphia Phillies who lost again they've lost four in a row teams are going to go through it then you look at the series and I'm just wild card watching here Kyle I hear you. the Cincinnati Reds and the Arizona Diamond they're playing a series so these te- you're going to beat up you're not going to win or lose uh, the wild card spot on July 23rd and for me the perspective has not changed this team the way to get into the postseason was always the wild card and it's still there yeah I mean I I, I think you're right obviously you know the Braves are otherworldly right now and I've said multiple times I think they might give that 0-1 Mariners team a run for their money with 116 wins I mean that's a uh, you know, people might hate me for saying this. I love watching the Braves. That's a fun baseball team it's to fun, watch. Yeah. And if you're a fan of if you're a fan of the game, you enjoy watching that type of stuff. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know if it's if you say like they still control their own destiny because again, it's July and this is game one on one. Yeah, and teams look, man, like teams are going to go through this stuff. Yep, and it don't look good right now, right? Like we we've been very honest and transparent on the radio about this, and you know they're not pitching well enough. They're not getting enough length from the rotation. It's a rotation that's the sixth worst ERA in the month of July. 
They have not done enough out of the bullpen. A.J. Puck, that situation, interesting, right? He's been the foregone conclusion to be the closer all season long. An interesting move that skipped right. on Saturday right. afternoon. Right. right, and then yesterday he sneaks in there in the eighth inning, so you wonder about the ninth inning situation moving forward, and they're not hitting enough. You know, I, I think Horizon Solaire, as this team has gone all season long, so have they. And when they're not getting production from those guys, yesterday's a perfect example. Arise goes two for four. He scores a run. He plates a run. And he is kind of the catalyst. Nothing is going right right now. Right. right? And, like, yes. Yeah. And I want to also let's keep going on happens. this because it's all three phases right now. I mean, the bullpen Correct. has struggled in spots. The lineup usually, and I said this on the pregame show yesterday, usually have two to three guys that are going in your lineup, right. and you have two to four or five guys that are cold. But you always can lean on that one, two, three, or whoever it may be at the time that's hitting the ball really well. The Marlins. Just, it seems like everyone is either just not on the same page as far as. Uh, just their play. Um, but again, it's like all three things right now Correct. are not working. Correct. And that's why it feels worse than it probably is. Right. And I, I think it's fair to say everybody's at fault, right? It's like it's a team effort right now that's kind of led to some of the losing, if that makes sense. And it is what it is. But the point being, teams go through it. And I, I know that, you know, sometimes teams that go through it, they maybe they lose eight of ten. And, and they're not sitting on eight-game losing streaks coming out of an all-star break when things were looking so good going into it. But, you know, listening to some of the guys and listening to Skip talk post-game, and Dane Myers told us this yesterday, whenever you listen to this, we chatted with him in the brew hall on Saturday. I think the general consensus is that there's no panic, but they feel a sense of urgency because, mm -hmm. you know, things can slip away quickly. And I think we're seeing that. And I think what's nice is that there is no panic, but there's also the understanding that we got to turn it around and that's going to take a team effort right now. That's going to take good starting pitching. We saw that, you know, the, I think what was so upsetting about yesterday's loss on, on Saturday is Cueto was right. really good and you had no idea what he was going to give you. It was his third appearance this season. It was his second start. Obviously the first start lasted all the five minutes all the way back in April and he goes out there and he shoves. He goes six inning, allows the run on two hits, and then the bullpen coughs it up. Like, the bullpen is as big of a culprit as anything right now, and it's just the situation the Marlins are in. They've got to find a way to dig themselves out of it. Is that a big hit? Is it another big pitching performance? Is it the bullpen inherits a bases-loaded one-out situation up one in the eighth inning and they get out of it and the tide starts to turn? Maybe, but you don't know where you're going to find it and it being a win right now. But you've just got to find a way to get yourself back into the win column. We have talked about this relentlessly. The schedule ain't getting any easier. Right. Okay. We're right. going to Tampa Bay. you got a couple of off days there. Then we come home for the Tigers in a massive series massive against in August against the Phillies. Yep. You can outlook ahead there. But it just it ain't going well. So they just got to find a way to get themselves back into the win column. And uh, I'm, I'm confident that they can do that. There's a lot of things you can point to right now. But uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. And there are and there were a lot of positives from yesterday, and Skip had hit on that. I mean, Johnny Cueto, the way that he came out, yep. he was tremendous. Eight punch out, six strong, gave up the run. Another piece I thought that has been, again, positive to this weekend is George Soriano. You know, George Soriano came on in relief and did a really nice job uh, as we welcome in Rod Allen, who joins us now on Long Toss. And I thought there has been some positives 
even in yesterday's loss for the first time in a while, Kyle. And I want to throw it to Rod. Hard now. to find those positives, but I, I hear I hear you. You're absolutely well, correct. Yeah, but a rise, like you said, a rise went correct. two for four. He's starting, you know, at least to come around a little bit. There were signs of what we saw earlier in the that's season. It. That's all I'm trying. Yes. And that's why Skip just said, you got to trust the process, right? That sometimes the result's not going to be there. But if you, we're doing the same things that we're doing in the beginning. Rod Allen, when you went through who, whatever kind of losing streak that – that you went through. What were some of the things that you tried to do, or what was it like, I guess, in that clubhouse? Uh, first of all, I thought there were some positives in, in the game yesterday. To be honest with you, I thought the hit and run was very positive early with Segura. I mean, putting Sanchez on the move, getting over to third base. We're still having a difficult time of getting that runner in from third base consistently, but I also liked another move where they put Birdie on the move and, and rise and double down, triple down the right field corner. They played offensively pretty good yesterday. They didn't score enough to win, uh, which is the end result. But I did like a lot of the positive things that they did. Also, um, the starter, uh, Cueto, was outstanding. I mean, and that's how you stop losing streaks. You have somebody go out there and put up a bunch of zeros, just as he did yesterday. And it just didn't work out for them as far as the bullpen was concerned. So they had two of the three components that went well yesterday, and the one that they needed did not go well, and that's why they lost that ball game yesterday. But back to your question, when you start to go through losing streaks like this, what you don't want to do is panic. And I don't think Skip has panicked in any stretch of the imagination you got to continue to come to the ballpark, continue yep. to get your work in, continue to do everything the way that you continue to do and play a game like you did yesterday and hoping that everything comes together and you can win that kind of baseball game. They probably did not feel good leaving because they lost, but they probably felt better about how they played yesterday. Correct, and that's what I was hitting on on the post-game comments from Skip. Again, the result is a result that's not what the Marlins wanted, but when you look at the formula of how they've won this year, you saw little bits and pieces of that on Saturday afternoon with – the hit and runs with the ride, running the bases, getting hits. Bottom line is they have uh, – go ahead, Kyle. Oh, I, I was, thought you were raising your hand. I, I was just so you could see me at some point after you finished your Please. thought. I was just going to say I think one other thing that's really important right now, I do not get the sense that Skip has lost his clubhouse or the guys have lost no, each other in there no, either, no. which is nice. But you, but that, that stuff can happen when you go through shaky patches, and I think that's a credit to Skip, and I think it's a credit to the players inside of the clubhouse that they continue to stay together – even through tough times, times like this that will happen, it's there's this uh, there's a heightened sense of urgency now given where the team was at with the trade deadline approaching and not winning coming out of the All-Star break. But I credit Skip, his staff, and the players for continuing to stick together. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I think Skip has done everything that he could possibly do um, during, during a very difficult stretch. I mean, it's not the last time that he's going to go through a very difficult stretch right now, but you have the trade down deadline coming up, so you got a lot of conversations going on within the clubhouse. And this is where your manager really just has to step up and be the leader that he is and make sure the clubhouse stays even keel, which he has done. And the coaches continue to mentor the players, continue to talk to the players, continue to work with the players, and they'll come out of this thing. Just as they lost eight in a row, they can very easily win eight in a row. The starting pitching, for whatever reason, just has not been good during this losing streak. And that's one of the reasons why they have lost eight in a row. Yes, Johnny Cueto was good yesterday, but by and large, the starters just aren't getting it done. And when you look at any team that goes through a lengthy winning streak, their starting staff is on point. They're getting timely hits. They're playing real good defense. They're putting it together. They just aren't putting everything together right now, and that's why they're in a very difficult stretch. But they got to hurry up and do it, or they're going to find themselves not playing meaningful games right. in the month of September and October. And we were all planning for that. Yep. What, what was the worst losing streak you were a part of, either as a broadcaster or a player? Uh, I 
broadcasted in 2003 in Detroit. That was my first year in Detroit as an announcer, and we lost 119 games. So Mercy. it was very difficult. I don't remember what the lengthiest losing streak was that year, but it was a lot of losing. <laughs> Every time you got off that bus, you really knew that you were undermanned and you really had no shot at winning the game. You know, context is key. And, and Rod, I, I had hit on this earlier in the pod about just the division in the NL East it's the Braves, you know, and the way that the Marlins are going to be able to get into the playoffs was always a wild card. And they've got an opportunity here. Look, they have not had the best start coming out of the second half. No one's denying that. But I think the the idea that, you know, we've gotten tweets a couple times about the Braves are losing, Marlins had a chance. It was never the NL East on how the Marlins were going to get into the postseason. It was always a wild card, and they sit a percentage point out. Uh, the Phillies have lost four in a row. The Reds and the Diamondbacks are playing in the series. It's always been the wild card. Well, you just talked about the, the Reds. I mean, teams are losing games in a row. Teams that were hot are losing games. I mean, there's a lot of teams out there that are winning, but there's also a lot of teams losing. And you're right, it was never about uh, trying to catch the Atlanta Braves. But what you have to do is you have to try to figure out a way to stay in this race because the Phillies are a pretty good team, and they're starting to show that, even though they've kind of stubbed their toe lately. But they were so hot. When you look at the month of June, it was the Miami Marlins, the Atlanta Braves, and also the Phillies, three hottest teams in all of baseball the month of June. Yep. All reside in the same division. So there was really no activity as far as where you could move in the standings were concerned because the Braves just weren't giving up anything. The Braves stubbed their toe, and then unfortunately for us, we stubbed our toe. But the wild card is the way to get in. I still think they have enough to get in, um, but they're going to have to make a few changes here at the trade deadline. I would say a couple of the teams that you talk about in the wild card – Phillies and the Reds. Who are the Marlins playing coming in a couple of weeks here? <laughs> okay, crazy. like you, you, up. you can get to handle your business, but you have an opportunity if, 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 let's say, the Marlins are a game and a half out going into the series against Philadelphia in the wild card chase. Write them down. Like, win games. Win games. And, and they're going to have that opportunity. That opportunity is going to present itself where the Marlins, within reason, kind of control their own destiny or whatever the old adage there, however you want to put that. You're playing the Reds. You're playing four against the Phillies. You get the Phillies later on in the season. Win some games. Get good starting pitching. Get the big hit. And things will work itself out. You don't get it. You're not going to the postseason. It's as simple as that. But you're, the Marlins have an opportunity in the next two to three weeks to play these teams that they're right in the thick of that wild card picture with. Well, how do you guys think Skip has handled this? I think he's handled it well. I mean, he has said to himself that he's probably made some mistakes uh, during this stretch where, you know, they're not performing well. And that just happens. I mean, he has never managed at this level. He's never gone through an eight-game losing streak as a manager. He's never seen players and never been the one in charge of guys that have gone through losing streaks. I'm sure when he's gone through losing streaks in the past, he was either a coach or he was a player, but it's a different for him now. But I think he's saying all the right things. He's not throwing anybody under the bus. He continues to talk about trusting the process. He is the same. And really, that's the biggest compliment that you can give to a manager going through an eight-game losing streak he is still the same person. Explain to me this, both of you. Why does he go and say that A.J. Puck's his closer but then puts him in in the eighth yesterday? Well, it was a situation where he said he talked to Puck prior and they talked about the situation that was awaiting Puck. He felt like the hitters that he was going up that against pocket, Puck, right. that pocket of hitters was a little bit easier to maneuver through than the three guys that he was going to give to Tanner Scott. He felt like Tanner Scott is throwing the ball much better these days. So he felt like he was going to give Tanner Scott 
the three guys that he thought that he would match up better against and give Puck the three guys that he thought that he managed would match up best against. So that was just Skip doing something that he felt analytics or the matchups or the stuff that these two guys have matched up better against this part of the lineup. So that's why he did what he did. That's what he said. Kyle? I'll be surprised if A.J. Puck does not continue to be their closer, but I do think you're at a juncture of the season in the position that the Marlins are in right now. you got to be a little aggressive here. And if that's the pocket that they felt was right and that's where you needed to go get three big outs, that's where you go in that situation. And I don't think that's going to preclude him from doing that moving forward. And I think there's a, I, I think there's a, a little bit of – certainly a little bit of urgency on Skip's parts, and he's going to do – uh, everything possible right now to press all the right buttons. And he did early on in the season. And I'm not suggesting that he hasn't lately, but he's going to have to be a bit more aggressive with some of his moves and everything that comes along with it. What can we do as a broadcast booth to uh, get this thing going in the right direction? I have the hot sauce. Where's the hot sauce? Yeah, I threw it away. Remember, you said if we lost yesterday, it gets thrown away. Okay. Oh, so all right. Fair enough. Fair um, enough. We're going to have to find something new then. I put out hot sauce because I, I just felt like we needed something different in here. There was a different smell when I walked into the booth, so I, I actually got some Tabasco sauce. I don't know how long ago it was sitting in that drawer for, but I took it out. It was four years old. I grabbed okay. it about four. I think that was the uh, summer of 2018 that I grabbed that hot sauce. Well, it was out there, and uh, there was some success yesterday. We were up three to nothing uh, on Saturday afternoon. But uh, Are you a we, superstitious guy? I am. Oh, yeah. I am. I Ooh. used to. Especially when I played basketball, yeah. We used to, like, put the socks on the same way and yeah. wear the same dry-fit socks. I yeah. hear you. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I need. Uh, I know it's random. I need to share this story really quickly. Sure. Then we'll end this. On the, we'll end on a, on a high note here. So we were in St. Louis, and we had uh, a group text, and we do this from time to time when we are on the road. I enjoy it. We do these little team lunches, these family lunches, mm -hmm. and um, Kyle had put together this group text for uh, some of us and said, you know, let's do a luncheon at this place called uh, Sauce on the Side, mm -hmm. right? We're in St. Louis, and I looked it up, whatever, it's a Calzone place. Ah, Calzone. New York is my, you know, I'm from New York. We're both from New York. That's the best pizza in the world. We know that, Calzones. So I was a little bit, all right, we'll see how this goes, whatever. No one was more excited than Kyle Seeloff. Mm. So we go to this place, Gabby Sanchez, Kelly, uh, Jason. We're all there. We're all uh, ready for this. Uh, what did we get, Kyle? The Meat Lovers one? Oh, come on, buddy. It's called the Meet Me in St. Louis. The Meet Me in St. Louis. Okay. So we all, me and Kyle, are the Meet Me in St. Louis. Now, we all sit down. We have someone serving us. The guy comes over, and he has our calzone. Now, it was the first one out. Kyle was sitting in the corner. So I, being the gentleman that I am, said, would you like this one, Kyle? Mm. And Kyle, being the gentleman that he is, like, no, Stephen, you can take that one. So guy gives me my calzone. I'm sitting there. A couple seconds later, guy brings out Kyle's calzone. And, well, you could take it from here. Yeah, I'm an out, I'm going to take full responsibility because I love the place and it wasn't going to make a difference what happened to me. Um, he kind of he handed me the plate and again I'd like to look at the replay. Slippery plate. It is a slippery plate. It's a great plate and there's a big steaming hot um, little black container of beautiful marinara sauce and it's some of the best you'll ever have. And I grabbed the plate and as I brought it my way, Oof. that marinara sauce and that calzone just the uh, boy she started a sliding. And that marinara sauce fell off the plate. Had to have been a thousand degrees, <laughs> like hotter than the sun, onto my lap, onto my shirt, everywhere. 
please keep in mind I saved the calzone. So, um, you know what? There was not even a moment that I was upset by the situation. I'm sure it provided for some great entertainment for those sitting there. Um, I'm not suing them, although I did get fourth-degree burns on the uh, inside of my right leg. Uh, Hold on. So when Kyle spilt it, we saw it on his shirt, right? And Kyle is very even keel, doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. But you see his face start to be, ha, ha, ha. And we're like, what? And we see the sauce on his shirt. But then Kyle's like, my leg is on fire. And we're like, what, what? Kyle got up. There was sauce all over his legs at a burning temperature. And you never see Kyle get that emotional. This man was up. He was out of there. And he was going into the bathroom to, with some club soda. I never knew that if you put um, like soda water or club soda or whatever you call it on a stain, it basically removes it immediately. That was fascinating to me. And then you made the guy feel bad and he gave you a gift card. Yeah, and I told him, I said, you don't need to do that because I'll take responsibility for this, please. Uh, like there's, it's okay, man. Like this is not going to ruin my experience. This is, this is terrific. It's not going to ruin my experience at all. And then he came back and what did he tell you? Uh, Sauce on the side. Oh, that's right. Remember, yeah, he loved that joke. Yeah, he loved he that He was rubbing joke. that in. Yeah, he was yeah. rubbing it. He was like, well, that's why we call it sauce on the side. I know it. Oh, goodness. Yeah, it was a good time, though. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's a great, 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 great It calzone. was fantastic. It, uh, sauce on the side in St. Louis. I gave it a 9.1 on the uh, calzone rating. It was tremendous. I thought the bread was phenomenal. The most important thing for me for a calzone is the two things. It's a one-two punch. It's the bread and it's the cheese. It has to be. It was a great consistency. The cheese is great. I think the cheese makes it, but the, it wasn't too doughy. You know, they if you're going to make a calzone, you can't get sloppy with it. it. You have to take really good care of it, and I think that's what they do, and it makes it great. All and right, it's good, very affordable. Good stuff here. Hopefully, again, we're uh, winning here on a Monday morning. Thanks for listening to Long Toss and Stephen Schramm, Kyle Seeloff, Marlins Radio Network, driven by Auto Nation.